What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and uh, what's up, dude? It's the first episode of the new year. Excited to continue to bring this show to you guys, and uh, and you know I I enjoy the I enjoy doing this a lot. So you know I'm glad that you guys are still listening and hanging out and chilling. Uh, today's guest is first time guest on the show. He's a funny guy. I've, Ran into him a handful of times at open mics, and it's always it's always just a good hang. Um, it is comedian Jack Ferguson. Uh, he, I believe, is in the Bay, based in the Bay Area, and uh, we yeah we just we cover a bunch of stuff on this episode. We talk about movies for a good portion of the show, and so there might be some there might be some spoilers. I feel like I need to do that. I don't know. This is, I've never done that, but there uh, there might be some spoilers, you guys, on the new Spider-Man movie and the new Matrix. But if you haven't seen them too, it's like I mean, uh, we're moving fast these days, so uh, I'm sorry, but also go see those movies, you know, because uh, they're pretty good. I'm not really even a movie person, and I've seen both of them. So, and I haven't seen any of the other really Avengers movies. Uh, yeah, I, I had like no backstory on any of the. I hadn't seen any of the other Spider Mans, I don't think. But this one was really cool. Uh, so, yeah, uh, go follow Jack online uh, on Instagram at Jackie underscore Ferg, and uh, he posts on there when he's performing and stuff like that. So, uh, you'll be able to see uh, when he's going to be on stage next. I think he said he has a show at the end of the month. So go check that out. Uh, and go see Jack perform if you're in the Bay Area. Also, if you could do me a favor, follow the podcast on Instagram at I'm Getting There Pod, all one word. Uh, try to tag and post each guest's uh, links to whatever they're doing uh, on the page. And so, um, if you you know want to go there and follow that, you'll be able to see you know each time if you like the guest in the episode, you can go follow them or go follow the page. You can see them there and, and go through that uh, and subscribe to the show if you're. List whatever you're listening on right now. Uh, the I don't know. There's on your the the on the place that you choose that you like to listen to podcasts. You probably are listening to this podcast there. So go subscribe there. Uh, man, if it happens to be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave a review, give some feedback for the show. Always appreciate seeing stuff like that. So thank you to those who have done that. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Jack. you some stuff because you know i've we've hung out and bumped into each other at the open mics and stuff but yeah. i know like like it looks like from what i can see like you've kind of had your hand in and like putting on some some shows in like the bay area it looks like yeah um, and like like are you guys are you guys still like planning to to keep those going like this year or are, do you have anything in mind any new anything kind of coming up or I don't know. It's a good question. I feel like uh, a lot of times for me running shows is, is kind of more like a job than it is like doing comedy. Um, and so I don't, I don't really necessarily like it. Like I like some of the perks that come with it. Like I like a bar knowing me and like, if I can run a show at like a cool bar with like cool employees and I become friends with them and stuff like that, I like that. Yeah. But the stress of like, having to make sure that you get people, especially in San Francisco during this time, it's so hard to get people to come out to shows. And so I don't like that. And um, I don't know. I really just do it so that I can get booked more, you know, mm-hmm. because if you run a show, then people book you. And so, and I feel like I've been getting booked a little bit more recently than I had before, even though I'm not running any shows right now. So I'm wondering if there's actually any correlation between the two or if it really is just about, I think like it's like I think there's something to that, but I I think it's it's always like a case by case thing, probably you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I've I've noticed that you know like people are people like to reciprocate or you know if you hit them up to to have them on your show or somebody hits you up to be on it they all sometimes they offer you a spot so I think there is you know there's something there there's 
Um, uh, and also too, I feel like I, I love like the running the bar show that I have at the basement. Cause it's like, it's just, it's always a different crowd of people. Like sometimes we get a lot like the returning, you know, a couple of people that like to come down to the show, but I feel like the mix is always different. And so it's always like, uh, just cool to see like who ends up coming out, you know, like, and you're just putting something yeah. on for free and it's always interesting to see like who trickles in and who ends up staying the whole time. And like, I don't know, it's like making someone's night, like just a random person, you know, they're like, this was so much fun. Like, when do you guys do this? You know, that's, those are always kind of cool things to get. Yeah. I mean, when a, when a show goes well, it's fun. Mm-hmm. The shitty part is like when you have like six people and they're sitting there and they all bought tickets, and so they thought they were coming oh, to like yeah. a big show. And then it's like they sit down, and it's like, oh, it's just us six, and there's six comedians. So it looks like we're just gonna be, you know, stroking their narcissism tonight. And so they they're like trapped. I hated that feeling of like, and maybe I'm even like projecting onto them. Like I'm sure some of those people enjoyed it, but I just hate the feeling of like someone like walking into a trap or something like that. And I always feel like like as comedians, we should be like representatives of comedy because there's so many, there's so many like shows and, and that like, I, I just feel like I've seen so many, I've been to so many open mics where like somebody in the audience probably had never seen stand up before. And that was like their first interaction with, with comedy was hearing like eight dudes talk about like the same tired, like just not even making jokes, just saying like, bad dumb stuff and they're like oh i guess that's what stop i guess that's what stand-up is mm-hmm. you know and they just would never check it out you know after that and that's happening like on a national scale like literally every every scene in um, every city in america has like 30 to 50 people actively deterring people in that city <laughs> you know like like there there are like 30 to 50 people who every night go out and turn 10 to 20 10 to 20 civilians away from ever going to a live show ever let alone a live show let alone like an independent comedy show like you know yeah so i would feel like like if i want to run a show i want to not be contributing to like turn and you i've seen pictures of your show your show looks great but like the shows that i was running were very hit or miss you know like sometimes there'd be 30 people there sometimes there would be like three people there and do you think I it was like uh think it's just like the area or like the venue or i think it was a combination of like covid being a deterrent especially in, in a really liberal city like san francisco and mm-hmm. also um you know i i i don't i'm just not a, i don't know i'm not a great promoter i'm not naturally like the kind of person who's good at like going up to strangers and handing out flyers and shit. It does, you know, there's something, there is something to that being like, just kind of out there, like striking it up with strangers being like, come watch my, my, you know, my friends and me, you know, like, it's like, I think you develop, like if you work in like, so I, I think it's a little bit easier if you work in like some sort of customer service position for a while, cause it just feels, you can kind of snap into that mode. Like you can kind of right. turn into like the cashier. Well, I literally do sales. Like I do, I did door to door sales. Like you would think that I would be good. <laughs> like that's the, 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 like the most direct connection to like handing out flyers. What were you selling? Solar panels. Nice. I still do that. I, I don't do door to door anymore, but I still sell solar panels. So like, uh, would you just like, if they had like a nice, like no trees around their house, it's like really you know, like sunny in the area. It's like, it looks like a good spot. Would you roll up and be like, Hey dude, you got like, it's just like prime, you know, your roof is like prime real estate for some energy, like efficiency. No, you couldn't. So it was more like you would, I would work in an area where there weren't usually tall trees. Oh, okay. So like I would go work in like Hayward, where, like there's no like redwoods in Hayward, you know what I mean? And so you'd go there and you go into a neighborhood, you'd be there for like three months and you just knock on every door in that neighborhood. Damn. And, uh, and you try to like, you know, scatter it around so people don't get like used to you being in a certain area. So it seems like you're only there like once every couple weeks or so, but really you're just bouncing around to different parts of the neighborhood. And like you, it's definitely really hard to convince someone to buy anything Mm -hmm. from like just knocking on their door, especially something that costs like $40,000. Um, but like you get like one or two people 
And then once you got a couple people, you could go to the people that live around them and be like, hey, your neighbor's doing this. And you would phrase it more like, hey, we're doing a construction project over there. We just want to make sure that you know that. Uh, it's going to be kind of noisy for the next Oh, nice. Days. And you'd like, slide in like also you should. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're not like trying to sell you anything. We're just like letting you know. And, you know, that it's actually, by the way, this is a really good area for solar. Like they're saving about $100 a month on their energy bill. You know, you'd probably be eligible for that too. Not that like I'm not even, you'd tell them, you'd be like, I'm not even the salesperson. So you'd have to talk to someone else. <laughs> but like if you want, I could get you set up with someone. Or I could just show you quickly like on your phone here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to kind of like really... Like literally, if you see any sales position, they will never say like you like if you're applying for like sales at like like Google, they'll never be like salesperson at Google. It, the title will be like ad consultant at Google because nobody wants to talk to a salesperson. Yeah, I you know feel like I mean? you could do this for promoting shows. You could be like, dude, I'm not even one of the comics. Like, I just really like comedy. I really think these people are just funny individuals. <laughs> you know, I'm just really trying to support the community, man. I think you should come. <laughs> 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 And then they see you get up on the show and they're like, wait, wasn't that the guy who just... Yeah, dude, you're, just... <laughs> you're like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just out here trying to support these, these you know, coming up with these people, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But the difference is that, like, like the level of like emotional, like you do you have, I have days where I would like drive home from doing door to door sales and just be on the highway in my car, just like slamming my fist into the steering wheel. <laughs> it so, like, it's, I, I really, it was like the picture of like, and like you make pretty good money. Like if you make a sale, which is why it's worth it. But like, cause you would literally have to. So one out of every seven homes so first of all, uh, one out of every two per people don't doesn't open the door mm-hmm. just because they're not home or something like that. One out of every seven people who opens the door um, will like give you like what's called like a, a welcome call. So that's like a second meeting. So you say you don't sell them on the first door. You you set up a meeting afterwards. Yeah. You sell them by saying like, like we'll come back tomorrow with the information. That way they don't feel like they're making a snap decision. Like you want to give them a little bit of time to talk, to think about it Mm -hmm. and to like prepare for you to like, you prepare them for what you're going to sell them. And then you'd come back the next day and you try to sell them. So like one out of seven people would, would, would set up a second meeting that you talk to. And then out of the seven people, probably like one out of every three or five, you would actually sell. So all told it's like, you know, you have to knock on probably, um, you know, between 60 and 70 doors to get one sale. And of those 60 or 70 doors that you get one sale in, the majority of people will be extremely rude to you because not only are you trying to sell something expensive, you're trying to sell something. These people in this area have already had people come through and knock on their door to sell solar to them you're not the first person in fact you're probably like the fifth or sixth person what's some of the rudest like have you had some pretty nasty exchanges oh i mean like people call the cops on you like they're because they all everybody in their head they're like they think that there's some law against you coming up and knocking on their door when you can you can knock on anyone's door dude it's totally legal it's not (laughs) Like, dude, the cops would come and be like, yeah, he's a, like, he's a salesperson. Like, what do you want him? You want yeah. us to tell us he, he can't do this? Like, just don't answer your fucking door. Like, it's just not, it's not that hard. Um, but, and I would honestly, sometimes I would tell people like, listen, do you want this to stop happening to you? Get solar. Cause I don't knock on doors with solar on them. You know, like mm-hmm. they're like, if you want this to stop happening. <laughs> You're like, buy my fucking product. I'll leave you alone, dude. <laughs> That's <laughs> In some in some places, that's literally the only way oh, to get man. it to stop. Because even if I tell you I'm never going to come back, there's five other salespeople at five other companies that are going to come knock on the same goddamn door. Totally. I would literally, I'd be walking around in neighborhoods and I would see other door to door solar salesmen like walk past them and be like, "What's up, dude? Like, oh, is this a good area?" And you know what I mean? Like, it was just it was ridiculous. And the people at my company, well. I actually probably shouldn't publicly talk about the people in my company, but <laughs> <laughs> I can edit that. <laughs> yeah, dude, have you seen the new Matrix movie yet? No. Uh, have you? Yeah. Good. Uh, it is. I've heard it's bad. <laughs> it is. It is a movie um, yeah. that has some cool things happen, but overall, I think that I think the concept was cool. 
uh, the, but I mean, when I mean concept, I think like done by the three sequels. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think the general concept of it was kind of interesting, but like the the detail and the way that they executed on that is just I don't know. It was just. I just I don't like I don't like movies like that where it just seems like they're clearly just trying to capitalize on the success of the previous movies. In order oh, to like it just feels like a cash grab kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. feels like it's not. Like I majored I majored in in film production. Okay. Right? And for me, like I I like I like 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 pretentious movies. You know, <laughs> like I like like. What would know, be like, a what's a what's a pretentious. What would you say? Uh, well, I mean, I don't actually think of it as them as being pretentious, but I've just had like ex-girlfriends tell me that, you know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> but like there's a movie in theaters right now called Licorice Pizza by this guy, Paul Thomas Anderson. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, it's a, I, I loved it. I was, I think you would love it if you saw it in theaters, uh, but he's made like, uh, he made like Boogie Nights and uh, There Will Be Blood. Okay. I don't know if you've seen any of those movies or like, um inherent vice or uh, you know he's a he's a really good filmmaker and i like movies like that but movies like the mate like the new matrix it's just like i feel like i already know everything that's going to happen before i go see the movie you know it's just going to be like a bunch of action sequences with cgi and like probably some plot twist about three-fourths of the way through the movie and then like someone important is going to die and say something as they're dying like it's you know it's just a bunch of different beats that have all been recycled and i don't know if any of those things happen but like yeah. you know they'll like reveal the character like one third of the way through the movie and he becomes like a you know a sensei type sort of person i don't know no it uh i think the i think the thing that most people are upset with is like who they chose for certain roles and just like the way some of the the fight scenes like it it just didn't seem it didn't seem to carry like the same tone as the original three. Uh, yeah. What do you mean? Like, I feel like the original three movies all had like similar, um, like the theme followed through, like the, like things like just certain details, certain, like, uh, like, you know, see like the way things would sequence or like, uh, music choice and stuff like that like it all kind of like flowed through and like followed like a, like it's like okay you knew this is a matrix movie but then you watch this one and it kind of feels like somebody else was trying to like like adapt the which makes sense because it's like you know it's like based on like a new like a later time period in it so you're like okay you know it's just it's something should change but also it just I don't know. It felt like it felt like it was. It felt like it was just like kind of like half ass almost. I don't know. Like the like it just felt like it was like uh, it wasn't being taken. It wasn't taken. It was like wasn't serious enough for for like what the Matrix usually is. I think. I mean, for sure. Like, you know, like I feel like when the the. Was it, I think at, at that point they were the Wachowski brothers, but they're now the Wachowski sisters. They, mm-hmm. when they made the original movies, they, I feel like it was probably like their baby. You know what I mean? And the guy, whoever's making them now, I mean, maybe is it the Wachowski uh, sisters? I think only one of the sisters was directing this time. Okay. All right. Well, I just, I, at the same, I, I, even, even with that, I just feel like they, it couldn't have there couldn't have been as much thought and time that went into it this time as as with the other ones because yeah. I feel like the other ones were probably were just pouring everything into that. I also think it was just the timing of it. Like if they did it a little earlier, like maybe like five seven years ago, uh, right. I feel like it would have been better uh, received, or it wouldn't be like Keanu is just Keanu's just get you know getting old too. So it's just like you know it's just one of those things. Like some of those, it's like them trying to like make, you know, Indiana Jones movies now. Uh, it's like, I, I, like I, to your point, like earlier, just trying to capitalize on something, make money. I agree with that a lot. I think like there's a lot more originality and like new character ideas that can be brought forth and like they can develop these new franchises based on this, you know, like I feel like there's not enough like original stuff coming out, like I feel like we keep like re- well, yeah, rehashing or yeah, there's like 
well, it's just risk, you know, it's just, it's gotten so forecasted and like business and like ROI that, you know, you run into like the idea of like spending something, spending like a huge amount of money on something that could bomb. It's just like, well, what I, so what I've heard is that there's the, the way that movies are now, it's like, there's no more middle budget movies. So you have either $200 million movies or you have like five to $10 million indie movies. Whereas before the majority of music movies used to have 50 to $60 million budgets. And like, those were, you know, that was, those were the ones that I think they could be innovative, but they still had a lot of like studio support, you know? So you saw a lot of movies like that. Like I'm sure the matrix was like that when it was made. I don't think it was a big, I don't think the first one was a big budget movie. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. that's that adds to like the X Men probably is a similar thing. I think the first X Men was kind of a lower budget, you could tell, and like Could've Hugh been. Jackman wasn't as ripped as he was in like the second and third. He didn't pay him as much. He was like, I'm not going to work out that much if you guys don't. It was me. natural <laughs> still. Yeah, he was just natty jacked. Like you're just like, all right. Give me a bunch of money. I'm not going to fucking take steroids. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like uh, I, there's always that thing where it's like the original is so good because it was. It was just like they were doing the best of what they had, and it felt like raw, you know? There was, like, that element to it. And then, you know, like, second and third stuff always kind of feels... But it's still good. Like, I don't know. I still appreciate it for what it is. Like, X-Men 3 is, like, one of my favorite movies. Um, Which one's that? Is that Days of Future Past? I think it's Last Stand, where they... Stand. I'm thinking of the first X, the first uh, iteration of X-Men movies. Like, uh, okay. I loved those movies, dude. That like yeah. growing up when you were like still little and you like believed in that. Like, you didn't really believe in that shit, but if you watched the movie, it would be real for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was the best. Well, and it was, it was like, I mean, right around then, it was like those movies and like Spider Man, and like a couple and like the Batman movies that were coming out with like those. Yeah. Those all kind of like those were like the superhero movies of that time, and I feel like now it's just now it's like all the MCU stuff and like uh, the the DC well, all those movies were very tonally different too yeah right? like all of those movies were very serious mm-hmm. like you know like the Spider-Man and Batman movies are very serious you know they had funny moments but the MCU movies now they're it's like they're almost comedies but they're, they're comedies with like huge CGI yeah and effects. there's like you know a lot of like romance storyline stuff that's feels kind of there's some of it I feel like sometimes it's a little cheese ball but like uh yeah, like the older, like, dude, the first Spider-Man with, like, uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, like, that that movie is so fucking good. Like, I yeah. I saw the new one, and I was, it made me want to watch that one again. I was like, yeah, I have to go see. The one that's in theaters now? Yeah. I've heard that one is actually sick. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. I don't even watch, like, Marvel movies, and I didn't even, I had no background to, like, any of the previous ones, and it all, like, was still awesome. Who's the villain in this one? There's all the villains. Bunch of villains. Like all the villains from all the different iterations of Spider-Man are in this one. Oh really? The Green Goblin comes back. Yeah, and like Doctor Ock oh, cool. and like Sandman and like uh, oh. like Electro from the other one and like the Lizard Man from the Gar- Andrew Garfield is in it and like yeah. It is funny how the mo- the villains in Spider-Man movies are like not that big of a deal. Like Doctor Octopus, you'd figure that like a SWAT team could handle Doctor Octopus. Like it's just a dude with arms, you know. It's not like he's fucking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a long, he doesn't have a long range weapon. Yeah, like he. Single, there's no way for him to like make a quiet entrance to anything. Yeah, like, he's and also, just like, fucking shit up. He comes out of nowhere, and it's like, well, there should be a trail where he just like was just wreaking havoc for like a mile or however long it takes him to get to like where is he and spider-man's like just webbing around and then all of a sudden this dude just comes out and it's just like like where was he before is he just like if you put if you put dr octopus on the opposite side of a football field of just like a regular person with a gun i feel like the regular person with a gun wins that you know like how long does it take doc ock to get across a football field you're going to be able to hit him a couple times. Like, is he going to be able to block the bullets with his arms? That's, I don't know if he can do that. I think he can like, like swing it and like ricochet the bullets probably, or and he, yeah, he can probably dodge. Like, I mean, think about it. Like he's got, 
He's moving like this, bro. You know. Oh, if you're just spraying, yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, have you seen that episode of It's Always Sunny where Mac has a sword and Charlie has a gun? I think and so. And Mac's like, "What if I sneak up with you on the sword and I dodge the bullets?" And Charlie just goes, "Bang, bang, bang!" Like, 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 I feel like, I feel like one, one, one marine well-trained marine could handle most the vast majority of the villains in the spider-man universe you know yeah okay green goblin he's just throwing grenades he's like flying around throwing grenades you know a sniper can handle that don't you think maybe dude i don't at the very least a targeted drone strike like (laughs) like, (laughs) this guy's really a problem you just put the, yeah, they could like, use like they could swing in with like those those targetless like heat seeking missiles and just like shoot one at them and then dip out like yeah. a jet. Yeah, they, why didn't they call in like the yeah they could have called in like the national guards? They Spider Man just like shooting web in his helmet they, and he's called, like, like call the military in the spin in yeah. these universe. It's like why is the military not an option here? Especially you know? the, the one that does make sense. The one that seems like it would fuck shit up is like Sandman because he's just so huge. And he's just like he can just like form solid and just like smash cars. Yeah, I don't think bullets even really hurt. Yeah, him. he seems like the one that had like the most, the most powerful. Yeah. But he's also doesn't get a lot of respect in the Spider-Man universe, you know? No, Sam, like he's not really. I feel like he's not even really one of the main guys. No, I don't know. Maybe he's just maybe he's just like not too smart. Like maybe he's just like yeah. he's just kind of well. He was he's just kind of an like he was like a convict, just kind of like. Yeah, maybe he just has like low IQ, you know, and so he just yeah. he doesn't realize the potential that he has with his body, like that it's sand and he's giant and massive. Yeah. He's just, just realize how he yeah, he's just like is smashing cars for fun. He's like, oh dude, I was like, I'm so sick. Like, look at how big my feet are. Yeah, you know? and Spider Man's just yeah. like swimming or like through him and just like webbing him and just like fucking beating his ass. And he's like, yeah. like, why are people trying to fight me, dude? I'm just like so awesome, like. I also always felt like, like, did you ever see the movie The Incredibles? Oh, dude, one of the best. Yeah, great movie, right? Oh, and the bad it. guy in that movie was that guy Syndrome. Yeah, right? which is pretty he, funny. He was, he, well, he was trying to, like, give everyone superpowers. That was his whole, his whole thing. Is he was going to design technology that would make it so everyone has superpowers. Mm-hmm. And his famous line was, because when everybody's special, no one will be. And I was like, and I, and like, and as, as a kid, you're like, oh fuck, like that's bad. But in reality, isn't the, that the way it should be? Like, shouldn't there not be like one privileged class of individuals who have like powers that can Damn. determine the the like existence of humanity? And like, wouldn't it be? Yeah, why do they get to control us? You know, just because they they have like a mutation? You know, like what makes yeah, what like makes the, them so the special? superheroes defeating syndrome was essentially them just fighting to protect their monopoly on superpowers and humans. Yeah. And yeah. And human, it was essentially yeah. like the, you could make a parallel to like the bourgeoisie trying to take away the means of production from the proletariat. You know what wow. I mean? Like they were wow, like, Oh dude, that's like, deep bro. You syndrome just... in essence dude. is Carl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's the deepest analysis of the Incredibles I think I've ever heard. Oh but my it's God. the weirdest thing, right? It is like true, it's, bro. It's, and that's the way it works in real life too. Like if you know in any business, they'll always try to fight to reduce competition and and make it more difficult for people. They'll try to like in sales. This is what we do. We try to make sure that the customer has as little information to make a decision as Dude, possible. Dude, what if like because in the Incredibles, he's like taking out all the superheroes one by one. He's trying to eliminate them all so that there's like. You know, like he that uses is, those like robots. Is that is part of. Yeah. But, but like, also- I wonder how he's funded because he has like, like, do you think he's funded by the government? Like, and then like the superheroes find out, and they like the government's playing both like against the superheroes and Syndrome, like where they're funding Syndrome, like giving him all this technology to see what he can develop, just to see what he can develop, like R and D, just to see like what can this kid make for us, yeah. and then like also they're like we want. We want like to our superheroes to like re- like to remain like. What if it's just training for them? What if it's just like you know we need to get we need to get Mister Incredible back in shape, dude. He's really just been 
like shooting the shit at his bullshit job for the past couple of years. We really kind of need the world's kind of right. going to shit. We really need Mr. Incredible. So, yeah, we're just going to fund this guy who's like, you know, they do like a search, like who's the biggest Mr. Incredible fan? And they find this kid syndrome and they're like, we're going to give you all this technology and like you're going to develop your own. Oh, so syndrome's not even inventing the technology. No, he is, but I- I'm thinking of how it started. Like, I'm thinking of the also, prequel. Do you remember syndromes like that girl that was with him? Mirage? Or whatever I don't her know. name is? I, that was her name. She had like white hair and she yeah. wore that like dress with the slit in the leg, you know? That girl was hot for sure. <laughs> uh, she like. I think she was government, dude. I think they're government, bro. Like, I think. No, that- I thought she ended up. She ended up, um, like helping. Uh, she ended up. Oh, your point is that she was like the one who ensured that Mister Incredible survived. Yes. She was the sleeper cell that was going to make sure that Syndrome failed ultimately, because she did end up helping them. Mm-hmm. I think eventually, right? Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting dude. point. Now, I, I and oftentimes when people do this stuff with movies, I'll be like, "This is not. This isn't worthwhile." But mm. Pixar, I think, puts a lot of thought into their movies. You know, like, did you know that like all of the actually is Pixar? Incredibles isn't even Pixar, is it? I think it is. Is it Pixar? Let me see. I think. Let me look it up. Let me confirm. So I think it is. Just... No, I think it is. But supposedly, like, all of the characters in Pixar exist in the Pixar universe. But some of them exist in a universe that's like the movie universe for Pixar. So some Pixar movies are that's... movies in the Pixar universe. Does that make sense? Like the universe like... that they've built. Like, it's movies within that? Like, in the Toy Story universe? Mm-hmm. The Incredibles is a movie that people in the Toy Story universe go see. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, I think. I don't know. It might not be. That might not be accurate. I know Quentin Tarantino does that too. Like Kill Bill is a movie that people in the Pulp Fiction universe would go see. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that's why, so in Quentin Tarantino's movies, like, all of the characters that are played by the same the same actors are descendants of each other. So, like, um, like for instance, uh, the character in Django Unchained that Christopher Lloyd plays is a uh, is a, a predecessor to the character <coughs> the character that he plays in um, in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because that's why they're both German. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, that is pretty cool. And it's true with all of the other actors that play the same roles as well. Like, there's a bunch of other ones. It's all the same universe. He does it on purpose. And he drops little hints into... That is interesting. Like, like, oh, like, funnily enough, so uh, have you seen Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill? Yeah. So do you remember in in Pulp Fiction when um, the character is describing the Mia, the, the... character played by um what's her name Uma the one with black hair who, who, who overdoses Uma Thurman Uma Thurman yeah so she's describing Fox Force 5 the movie that she the the pilot that she auditioned for yeah. that's Kill Bill oh okay remember in Kill Bill how there were like five women and they were all different ethnicities and um oh you know wow I mean? that's it yeah I never I didn't know that that's interesting it, like adds another Isn't that cool? yeah like adds another layer you know you're kind of like yeah, ads like yeah, that's wow, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. Like the, <clears throat> I always one of my favorite things to catch in movies is like when action scenes or transition scenes when like stuff isn't the same anymore. Like when they like miss, oh, yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like or they forget, or like somebody's all of a sudden holding something and they weren't holding it in the frame before that. Like I yeah. always well, catch like, those. The number one, the number one time, because we had to learn this in film school. There's actually someone whose job is to watch out for that shit. Like there's someone who's on set who just makes sure every time something's arranged, when we do a retake, it's arranged the same way. So that if we cut in between the takes, that'll be the same. And the number one time that happens is when people are either eating food or drinking something because the glass height will vary. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the the height of the water or something will vary. Or the food will be in like different positions because they've been cutting it or at different stages of finish. There's one where I feel like they do it on purpose. It's in Napoleon Dynamite when he's on the phone with Kip. Kip's making nachos. And yeah. the cheese on the nachos 
just keeps getting more it's like more and more cheese each time they like pan back to kip and it, it always made me laugh in that scene like i'd always be just staring at that plate of nachos just like you're like that's so funny just like it keeps just getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh, that's funny. I bet they did do that on purpose. Yeah, I saw like a, a cut scene of Rex Kwando today, just on my like I was scrolling through TikTok and it was just like one. Of, it was like the scene where he's like at Rex Kwando. Have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? You remember that movie? I have. I remember the name Rex Kwando. It's the dude with the American flag pants. That's like they. It's oh, like yeah. the, yeah, the fucking fine. like yeah the Taekwondo instructor like guy. And I forgot how funny that part of the movie is just on its own like it's it's so it's just so random and like there's like he's just like this such this weird side character that like went and watched like the whole scene on youtube today and i was just dying laughing because he's just <laughs> i'm gonna have to watch that after dude, a, he's such a weird character you're just like what the fuck dude like just and he's like dudes like that totally exist but just the yeah his his whole vibe and everything the whole time is so funny. Just bow to your sensei. Bow to your sensei. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I feel like? You know what I feel like is the funniest movie of all time, and it gets funnier every time you watch it. Is The Big Lebowski? Because I feel Dude, like I... that movie. You don't. You watch it the first time, and you're like, "This is cool. I like it," but it's not that funny. And every time you watch it, you see more shit, and it gets funnier and funnier and funnier that's the best like getting just like the like a detail or like a missed like a like a cut like a joke that like it cuts or something like to the next scene right away and there's like you don't catch it the first time but like yeah i love that with certain things i feel like there's oh there's like so many comedies that that have that where it's like there's they just pack it in there you know and it's like you kind of catch or miss like miss like a lot you know like uh I think that's the mark of a good film is that if you if it's better the second time you watch it than the first time, you know it's a really, you know it would like someone really put a lot of thought into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like still thinking about it, like a couple months after you saw it, like if you still find yourself just thinking about it a little bit, if it stays with you. There's some movies that that you don't do that at all with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just you watch some dumb movie and you forget about it the next day. You never think about it again in your life. But some movies will like linger with you because it's just there's something that struck a chord. You know, mm-hmm. and there's like a, like a like scene or something. That they change the way you live your life in a very minute way. They, they change like your perspective on something in a very minute way. And that, that changes your actions. I love that when that happens, like when you go to the theater and you just like leave and you're like, man, yeah. like that. That kind of happened to me with that Steve Carell movie where like the world ends, and I think it's it's like I think no I think it's it's called Looking for a Friend for the End of the World I think is what it's called. Oh okay yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I I went and saw that in theaters and I was just afterwards I was like super kind of I was like bummed I was just like fuck. Yeah, sometimes it's negative. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it goes up. Sometimes a movie will just ruin your mood for a little while. <laughs> like the rest of the day, yeah. I think I was with a, a girlfriend at the time. We were just like saw it, and it was like, fuck, like, damn, yeah. like that. But could even ha- that film is kind of good. You know what I mean? Like you see a really sad movie, and you're like, fuck, and it's like, but it's not like the, the regular kind of fuck because it doesn't. It's not like directly related to. You. I feel like it's still a good feeling. You know, it's like you can listen to a really sad song, and be sad. But it's not like it doesn't hurt in a way, you know. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, it's just like a, like you're trying to match the vibe of the music almost or something. Like this is the sadness of this of what I'm experiencing, like what I'm hearing or experiencing, you know. Yeah, I think Bob Marley said he was like, when the music hits, you feel no pain. Yeah. Oh yeah, I also like the the interview that it's, I mean, it's the classic interview that he has where the guy's like asking him questions about, um, you know, he's like, do you have a lot of possessions? He's like, possessions make you rich. Like, like, you know, he's like asking, like, he's like, did you make a lot of money? He's like, what's a lot of money? Like every time the guy asks him something, he's like, what do you mean? You know, it's like, he's like, it's just like questioning what the guy, like, it's like his definition of stuff. is just like so different than what he has. Um, yeah. I also feel like, though, if you're Bob Marley, like, this is kind of a an antithetical take, I guess, but, like, 
I don't know if I used that word correctly, but it's a take against what you're saying. But like, if you're Bob Marley, yeah, you don't need a lot of possessions because people already know you're sick. You know what I mean? Like everybody, nobody's going to be like, oh, Bob Marley's not cool because he's dressed in ratty clothing. But if you're just a regular guy and you're dressed in like ratty clothing and you're like, you're, you know, just not taking care of yourself or doing anything like that's fine. But you're also just going to be like, that's who you are. You know, you're not Bob Marley just because you don't have possessions. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's like, you know, there's, there's like Elvis is quoted as saying like, uh, someone was like, Hey man, some interviewer was like, Hey man, now that you're rich, do you realize that like money is meaningless? And he goes, sir, I suspect you've never been poor. It's like, you know, like it's nicer to have money. Yeah. It's definitely nicer to have money for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a lot but of, but also you can be wrapped up in it. Yeah. Like, well, the thing is just like, you never want to go a lot of the, a lot of the interviews I hear of, you know, people like, like, it's like, why are you still working? You know, like you have all, you know, you're, you're rich doing all this. It's like, they, they just like the fear of like going back to, you know, where they started and like, the fear of like ending up poor again or something is like what a lot of people say, like is the most motivating thing to keep them going. And I find that interesting. It's like, they just have like this innate, like fear of like it all going away. So they're just like, you know, don't ever stop like grinding or hustling or like, that's their mentality, you know, like the Kevin Hart's and like the, like the people like the rock and all these guys, you know, I'm always suspicious of answers like that though. Because it's like you don't know if they're saying that because they're authentic, they're being authentic, or because it's just the easiest thing to say. Like, I don't really think it. You, if you're Kevin Hart and somebody asks you, like, "Why are you working so hard?" You can't really say it's because you need to like satisfy the urge to prove that you're better than everyone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like that'd be such a flex, though. Like, that's the answer that people want. <laughs> like, that's a yeah. It's because yeah, it's because I'm trying to like. I'm just trying to, yeah, I don't want anyone else to have these opportunities. I just want me to have them. Like, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. That's probably the majority of, like, why people who are working really hard are working hard. Like, do you think Jeff Bezos is trying to make more money because he's, like, afraid of becoming poor? No, he's because, because he just wants to be the richest guy on Earth, and he wants it to be him. Well, I just know? think he wants to go live in space. So he's like, I just, I got to make enough money to. Bro, he doesn't want to go live in space. Nobody wants to go live in space. He wants to control space. No, Living bro. in space would suck, though. Dude. They're going to make a... That? They're going to, like, figure out a way. It's going to be like Elysium, bro. They're living in that Mercedes symbol in the sky. I fucking hope so. That would look... That would be sick if we could live in space, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, just I'm being ridiculous. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I just... I think well, that, that there's... That is the eventual progression of humanity. Like, probably in our lifespan, people will be living in space. You know, yeah. they're going to send a rocket to Mars in what, like 10 years? Yeah, so I don't maybe know. not in your yeah. lifespan, but in my lifespan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm not... But I think it'd be interesting, man. I'd like to go to space, wouldn't you? Uh, no, cool. I think I'm good, man. You're, like you'd like to stay on the ground yeah i don't even really like flying in planes bro i'm not trying to go that high in the air you don't like flying in planes not really it's just like bro, that's my favorite thing i love every time i fly in a plane i always get a window seat because i love looking out oh, and seeing the ground dude seeing the tiny little people everybody always says like oh doesn't it make you feel small when you see how tiny the people it makes me feel big it makes me feel like i'm their emperor <laughs> lording over them <laughs> I'm watching over all of you right now. Fucking, I can see that you're. I can see you're on your phone. You're not working over there. Yeah. Your little cars. You don't even know I'm in a plane looking at you. No, yeah. I just. I don't know. It's. It's just like being in a space, like in a seat, like and like feeling the turbulence and stuff. I'm just. It's not like I don't really enjoy it. I don't. It's not like I'm like won't do it, but it's just like, I'm kind of just not. You're not down for not, it. Yeah, if I don't have to. Yeah. But I always wanted to get my pilot's license. See, like, yeah, dude, you're crazy, man. I don't I'm not trying to But I can't now because of, you know, I got some mental illness problems. So they don't let people like me fly planes. Let's just uh, put it that right, way. Dude. Uh, but uh they uh, I always wanted to and I would one time I remember I do you ever go to Shoreline when you were did you grow up near Shoreline? You grew up in like Washington, right? Mm-hmm. So you have actually never yeah, I don't know what but, uh, is. 
Shoreline is like this big amphitheater in Mountain View where like a lot of concerts would come through where I was growing up. And we used to call it sloppy shoreline because the bottom was like seats, but above the seats, there was like this big grassy knoll, yeah, you know, like a big like grass area. And it was just everyone from every high school in the area would just go to concerts there and get drunk and just hook up with random people. And I remember one time I, I was hooking up with this girl there from like Milpitas or somewhere crazy <laughs> who I still quite the funniest thing is I still follow this girl on Snapchat. So I still see her Snapchat stories every once in a while. And she's like a fucking kid now and is like married and Damn. she like put pictures of her truck, like just like living the life. Honestly, she's doing well. But like, I remember I was, I was like hooking up with her. Or I was dancing with her or whatever. And I was like, you know, I'm, I have my pilot's license. <laughs> <laughs> weird like such a such just a random thing to flex i just i just well i don't i don't have my pilot well no i'm saying yeah it's just like even if you yeah Yeah. i was like we could go flying tomorrow i was just like literally just diving you were just fully embracing the i was i just wanted to see if it would work you know i was literally what i was doing is i was testing to see how impressed people would be if i actually did have my like i have my own airport actually you know i built it in my house like You know, I can land at any airport. You know, I just have clearance, man. Like, you just keep going. You're just like. <laughs> I was trying to get into it, dude. That's I was so trying funny. to. I was trying to impress her by being a pilot. But I was thinking, like, that. What is the coolest thing you could ever do on a first date? For sure, it has to be taking a girl flying in the plane that you own, don't you think? Like, you can't uh, flex on someone harder than that. I what feel like that's a lot. That's a. Oh, it's a steep ask, maybe. Like that, she's got to be. Well, you're afraid. Of, you're afraid of flying. So for you, it's, well, dude, it's, I mean, the the girl could be too. Like, you, I feel like it's a that's a hit miss. Like, you just are like, hey, uh, I'm gonna, you want to, you know, you want to meet up on Friday at five. I have a, you know, I got a surprise for you. You know, plan taking you out. And they're like, okay, and then they show up at a, like a hangar, and you're like, they're like, what are we doing? You're like, I'm gonna, we're gonna go flying, you know. And I feel like, I don't know how many people yeah. would just be like, oh yeah, sick, totally, it's like. Scary. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's what though, Michael? What? That's how. I, that's how I weed them out. Oh, okay. That's, that's the test. That if sounds like. like that sounds like you know fourth or fifth date stuff maybe, like you. You don't like flying? Can't date me because dating me feels like flying. You have to take me. <laughs> you date me and my wings. Can't date me if you can't if you if you don't like flying because that's just the way this is gonna feel for you. You know, you could be on the ground. You're still going to feel like you're soaring. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't be with me at 10,000 feet, you can't be with me at sea level. I don't know. Are you, are you a car guy? Are you a motorcycle guy? You like, I feel like I could see you being a motorcycle guy. Um, I rode dirt bikes when I was growing up. Uh, I had like a, I had like a Honda dirt, dirt bike as a kid that I'd ride around, but I like driving. I don't really have, I don't know. I don't. I, I would like to drive like a nice fast car. I haven't really driven too many what would of them. Be, if you could pick any car in the world to have, what would it be? Oh, uh, hmm. And don't be don't be coy. Don't be like a Toyota. You know what I mean? Like get like let's pick a nice car here. Uh, I'd probably go with like I don't know, like a new new like mercedes or mm. like audi or something something nice luxury vehicle like you wouldn't the... even try to go with like a ferrari or something like that no nah, it's just like too fast for me like but what if you could have like a regular car too you know what i mean oh and then like just have, have like, like a like flex a like like it's not my daily like i like okay drive with it. uh probably like aston martin then I'd probably Aston Martin's classy. Yeah, I'd probably get like, like a walk out of the Aston Martin the tuxedo. Yeah, or like a like a um like a the new like a Porsche like a like a, a newer like one of like the you know the, turbo. the new electric Porsche is sick. The Taycan. Yeah, I've seen, seen those. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, also, like I'm a fan of like uh I'm a fan of like the new like Bronco. Uh, foot forward is put out and like the new like they're all, i think they're coming out with a new ranger too they make some nice vehicles for sure yeah i think those are sick and i've been 
I've been stoked on like the electric cars, not like the Tesla, but like the, like what Chevy's put out too. Like some of those are really cool looking and like interesting. I was like, I was like when I was, when I was like uh, getting in my car, I was like looking at some of those too, seeing if like, you know, I was like, oh man, those look really sweet. Like a Volt or like a, you know, yeah. like a, any like a, any other. And they're not too expensive either. Some of those mm-hmm. are pretty affordable. It's becoming a commercial for Chevy. Yeah, we're just talk- <laughs> yeah, we're just about to yeah. <laughs> Call this episode "Solar Panels and Chevys." Chevy, Sil- <laughs> Chevy, Volts. Affordable electric vehicles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, I want to give you a chance right now. You know, if you have any shows in the next like month or so, or any. You know anything coming up where people like you know follow you check you out so they you know you promote stuff probably on your social media right for sure yeah if, i mean if people want to follow me on instagram i'm jackie ferg so j-a-c-k-y underscore ferg f-e-r-g i'm doing a show probably the coolest show i have coming up is uh i'm doing don't tell or at least i'm supposed to we'll see if um the the virus cancels it, but I'm doing don't tell on the 22nd. I think you can get tics, tickets for that. If you just Google don't tell. Oh, nice. Um, is that, where's that at? In Oakland or it, uh, well, there's ones in Oakland and there's ones in, I think there's there. I mean, it's all over the country, but, um, what I'm doing is in San Francisco, uh, the seven o'clock show on the 22nd. Oh, nice. Marina. Hell yeah. Yeah. If you guys are in the Bay in the 22nd, go, go see Jack perform. He'll, He'll break down the Incredibles again. He'll he'll uh, exactly. he'll blow you guys' it's fucking minds. Syndrome is Karl Marx. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks for having me on. It's good to chop it up with you. Hopefully, I'll see you again soon at the Blue Lagoon. Yeah, I'll be. I'll definitely be there hanging out. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time.